Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. guys welcome back to the podcast today sitting down with me is coach brad wilson he's the oc at the uh university of indianapolis i don't know why i said indianapolis university see i'm stupid i, I don't know why i was going that way i think it's because i've been yeah. on zoom all day <laughs> my brain is fried uh, coach thanks for coming on the podcast i know you're an hour ahead of me here but thanks for coming on no i appreciate you having me and uh, yeah i was excited when you reached out and i, I Love to sit and chat and talk about whatever uh, you decide. Yeah, we had a good conversation beforehand, but some of it I can't record because it's me complaining about things in Illinois, and I can't go any further. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Um, no, guys, listen, I just talked to Coach. Uh, you get to play in the spring, um, and you just told me literally right before I hit the record button, perfect time to take an OC job when you don't have spring ball a limited fall and then you have to play here in the spring. Perfect time. Yeah. It's been, um, interesting, uh, to say the least took over last spring and then, uh, you know, took the new role as the offensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, we went on spring break, did winter conditioning, went on spring break. And then they said, okay, take two weeks for spring break. Okay. Come back. And then boom online. It's like, okay, here we go. Um, and then everything was online from there on out. And so, you know, the summer was extremely limited on what we could do with testing and contact tracing and all that stuff. And then, you know, with hopes of playing in the fall and then we got, okay, no, we're not doing the fall. And so we had a limited practice schedule where we could only have, I think it was 70 people on the field at a time, or maybe it was 75. So we had two practices that were about an hour and a half or hour and 15 minutes each. Um, we went back to back and divided the team up into two and uh, did that for fall and then uh, broke for semester after Thanksgiving. And then we're in preparation and we're planning on having a four game season um, starting in April. Um, so our, our kids are excited about the opportunity. They just want to go play. I think we have a pretty good team and we'll see. So uh, we're just full steam ahead and just trying to uh, prepare best we can. 
And I have to apologize for the mustache, the facial hair. It just comes off in stages. And so it was full beard, then it was goat, and then now it's it's horrible, I know. No, I'm jealous. I don't know if I did that, it would be the same. <laughs> well, I'm giving it up up here, so I have to add it here. So No, uh, I'll lose mine. Uh, people told me basketball, you lose your hair, football turns gray. Does that mine's I'm getting a little gray, but it's it's disappearing fast. See, mine's mine's when I find white is when I trim it. See, the beer can go long, but once there's white, I'm like, nope, it's got to go yeah, down. No doubt. And I'll never forget the first time I had it. A couple years ago, I was coaching shot put, and one of the football players was throwing shot put. Comes up to me, he goes, "Coach, what's that?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, is there a "Gray hair or a white hair?" And I was like, "Run to the bathroom." I'm like, "No." No, so they're making fun of me, and I was like, you know, I'm going to name this after you because you guys caused this. No, for sure. There's no question. At least I was blessed because my dad turns 82 tomorrow, and he has a full head of hair. So you know, it it just is what it is. Jeans got me. The the ginger got me. <laughs> yeah, mine's slowly going. That's why I keep it short. I just embrace no it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Especially after a year like this where we're about to coach three sports in six months. Perfect. What else would you want? Yeah. Somebody, when I took the track job, someone goes, the track coach actually asked me this before I took it. She goes, so are you okay maybe doing football and immediately the next day doing basketball and immediately the next day doing track because of the six-month, seven-month season we're about to have? And I said, sure. Let's go. Why not? I might, I might be totally bald and gray, but it's fine. We might coach a year straight. I talked to a guy yesterday because by the time we're done with sports here, it's going to be June or July, and then we'll get right back into football in August. We may coach a year straight with no stop. Yeah, well, and like we talked about earlier, it's it's about the kids and trying to put the best experience for the kids together, and if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do, you know. And I'll remind those kids every day, like, I don't sleep now because of you guys. <laughs> so you better try hard because we're coaching a year and a half straight. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you forget, you guys better bring me coffee every morning. Absolutely. A little donuts. A little Dunkin'. We don't have much Dunkin' down here, but oh. I could go with uh, a nice little uh, everything bagel, veggie cream oh. cheese, toasted, delicious. Can't beat it. Yeah, if they get the app, they'll earn points and get free coffee. Every now and then. Exactly. Yeah, I never had Dunkin' until the suburbs. Because I think they say it's by population. They can only open if there's so much population. Really? Is what I've heard. So up here, you've got one every five, ten miles. Everywhere. And Starbucks is too expensive. So I was like, yep, that's going to Dunkin'. Oh, no doubt. Starbucks is good. Don't get me wrong. But my pocket's not that thick. Pocket's not that thick. I can't pronounce half of what's on there. No. Uh, medium coffee. Black, please. And they say what? Huh? Yeah. Me- and then, I know we're getting off topic, but it's like, how much coffee is there? Isn't coffee just coffee? I don't know. I don't know. I'm from the cornfield. I don't know. Like I have no idea. I don't either. I just, I uh, bought into the Black Rifle Pods and delicious, by the way. I need to get that. People keep telling me about it. Right here. Big fan. Yeah. K-Cups. Delicious. 
That's my ad. I need a black rifle sponsorship, please. I was getting ready to say, uh, I'm trying to help you out, Steve. No, I'll take them. And another coach, <laughs> coach I talked to drank dive Mountain Dew. So I'll tag them like, Hey, Mountain Dew, like, we'll put it right up there. No doubt. And I even got Gatorade. Gatorade, if you really want it. Mm. No, they're going to be like, This guy, shut up. <laughs> um, so have you, is this your first year at the school? Have you been there and this was a promotion? No, I, so I got hired in 2017. Um, and was O-line run game coordinator, but I don't know. As an O-line guy, you're always kind of the run game coordinator. Uh, The head guy, when he offered me the job, was just like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't, okay. And so we just talked, and that's what he said. So I was like, perfect. Um, So been here, this would have been my fourth season. Um, So three years as O-line coach and then took over as offensive coordinator, in COVID. So, um, but yeah, so this would have been year four here. Yeah. Um, I've coached more line than anything else. I've coached other things. Sure. And so when his name's coach Bazan, he's the head coach at Addison. Now it's his first year. Yeah. He goes, I need an offensive line coach because <clears throat> they've never had like a coach who's coached O line and played it. It's always sure. been somebody that just took it. Right. And he goes, and you're going to be the run game coordinator and at the time. I'm like, Oh, I've been an OC. So at the right. time, I was like, I'm trying to get back to that. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's the next step. And then I was like, wait a minute. So I took it. I was like, wait a minute. Is this just a nice way of saying I'm the old line coach? Yep. 100%. I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. If it's on the paper, it's fine. Sure. Okay, but then they're like, no, you're going to coach H-backs when they're in the box. you got to coach tight ends if they're in the box. Sure. You're going to be a power run team. So it's going to be like, you got to coach these. So you're yeah. not just the old line coach. I was like, no, I am. You just don't want to coach them in the route game. You're going to send them to me. All right. Down to the promised land where we're at, and you, you guys do that. Absolutely. Um, but it was funny. When I first started the podcast, one question I asked oh, every coach, and then I started to realize it was stupid, so I stopped. But I'm going to do it again. Go ahead. Um, the last two jobs I've taken, I coached at East Aurora before Addison Trail. Okay. Um, they both needed an O-line coach. And there's been other schools that have said to me, like, we need an offensive line coach. So I started to think about it. And I'm like, is there not true line coaches anymore? Or, like, is it too hard to coach offensive line? Because I've asked guys like that. Like, you got to worry about five people. So, like, to me, it's not that hard. It's fun, actually. Sure. But maybe to some people, it's like, I don't want to watch five positions at one time. Right. Figure out what they're doing. So I'm like, I don't know if they're – I used to say, is there a shortage, which I've been the wrong way to put it. But I'm like, do people just not want to work that hard and coach it? Or they think quarterbacks is the way to go. I don't think it's that. I think I don't know. Um, there's, it's a you've got to do it to have experience doing it, which makes no sense. I don't think there's a shortage of O line coaches. I think there's there's a ton of great O line coaches that are passionate about the game and and uh, work at it with the kids. I just think it's um, it's just a different beast. You know, it's it's like the secondary, you know, having a an experienced secondary guy and, you know, that has uh, knowledge of it. I think when you're handling multiple positions and you got to make all the positions function as one, um, it can be intimidating to some um, that if you don't have that experience to do it. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's 
a bunch of line coaches. There's a bunch of really good ones uh, that are out there. It's just, I think it's a position that you can get frustrated. And um, as sometimes the blame, you know, the success or failure of a team offensively typically comes down to the offensive line. If you can block them, you got a chance. If you can't, you're going to struggle. If you can't, there's going to be eyes on you going, Hey, why are we able to block these guys? And sometimes, you know, just getting ripped and things like that, it turns some people off. So maybe that, maybe that's why, I don't know. I've been yelled at my whole life, so I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, the, the couple coaches I've asked have all had a different answer. They said, sure. you got to worry about five guys. Like even if there's five wide receivers on the field, you're mainly looking at the first couple reads to really see what's going on. Quarterbacks, you know, is a little different. You know, if one wide receiver runs the wrong route, but the other three do, it's okay. All line, it's like you got to worry about this front, this front, this front, this, this, and that. And so some are like, maybe it's too difficult. And then I said, I think it's because we have our own language. You have to know how to talk to each other. Like I coached offensive line, and then when I became OC, we got a guy that could coach O-line, and we didn't have a quarterback's coach. So I said, I'll do it. And I tried to coach them like old linemen in the game. I'm like, oh, they don't understand what I'm saying. No doubt. I have to like go read a book, get the quarterback whisperer book for Bruce Arians. Like, how do I talk to these quarterbacks? Sure. Whisper sweet nothings, which I'm not used to a lot. I'm used to saying what I want and how I'm right. going to say it. Right. No doubt. I, I, but I don't, you know, I'm the coordinator, but I allow our quarterback coach to, to do it. I don't, I don't want to mess with their juju. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they've got to play and they've got to do their thing. It's within the constructs of the offense, no doubt, but that's a whole different animal too. I haven't, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to coach quarterbacks, um, but I try to stay away. Um, let them, you know, we have, you're the coach, you do you and, and Hey, let's talk through. Th- I, we just sat here for 45 minutes and talked about two receiver bubble for 45 minutes on what the read is and what we're doing. And, just trying to make sure that we're as a staff, we're on the same page. And then, then we can express that to the kids and then we'll be full tilt boogie and rolling. So. Yeah. It was fun at first because it's like, I don't have to stress too much about drills. It was like, we could throw here. We could do this footwork. We could do this. And then about week two, I was like, Oh, you guys don't hit, you know, this can get a little bored. (laughs) (laughs) And. And then when yeah. I, I could show them the mechanics, but I'm an, I'm a, I played all lines. So I was like, I can't throw it very far, but I can show you how. Sure. But I can't throw it 60 yards. No doubt. So don't make fun of me, but I can coach you on the techniques. Uh, and then, in, then about two years later, I went back to old line and I was like, oh, this is where I meant to be. Like no, no hitting each other and, you know, speaking the language. I got my old line card back. Yeah, that's just a question I ask people because, and maybe it's just because it's I'm in the burbs. I have no idea. Nice. Uh, another coach, another coach had a good, an- a different answer for me. He goes, "Well, back in the day, it seemed like old line coaches were the OCs, like what you are. It seemed like that's what it was because of run game stuff. Sure. Now you're seeing more quarterback coaches be the coordinators, or wide receivers coach being the coordinators. So maybe that's why. And then." credibility like you said we are things we they don't know who we are and they want to get these some of these coaches want recognition like i coached the quarterback 
I coach this wide receiver. O-line, we just kind of are like forgotten about sometimes. In the media look. Now in the coach's room, we all know, but like outside, and that's why I, t- I told my O-line before, I don't care what people think. I don't care one bit. So I right. it was just a different answer. And I'm like, okay, I could see where they're coming from. And <clears throat> it makes sense. I don't know. I think everybody wants to find a good line guy because then when they have one, they're going to hang on to him. Right. Um, you know, I my, my brother's a high school coach out in Iowa, and uh, he's got a legend that works for him, but then he's got the next guy in line. They, they kind of tag team those – that old line group together and, and they, uh, you know, he's not letting those guys go. And I, and I don't blame him if he's comfortable with it and they're accomplishing what he wants them to accomplish as the head coach, then let's go. Yeah. See, I told you when I started the podcast, I was just coming up with questions. Sure. My stupid brain went to that. Just because right. of my experience, it was always like, we need an old line guy. We need an old line guy. I'm like, <clears> what? <throat> I'm not that good fellows. So why are you asking me? <laughs> like, I'm a good luck charm. I called all plays as OC. We were eh. I showed up at Lombardi's as just the line coach. We went ten and one. Then I went to East Aurora. They went four and five, which was the best record since two thousand. They're like, you're a good luck charm. And I was like, if I just stay as the old line coach, maybe. Sure. I don't need to call plays. Don't was Kuka there? He's still the head coach. Yep. Oh yeah. Were you were you the line guy under him? Yeah, last year. Yep. Kuka coach is awesome. Oh. I, he so I was at Lombardi's 2018. Oh, and okay. Then, and then 2019, I was doing it for free. I had just moved up to the Burbs. Sure. Didn't know anybody. Had to start over. And then Koo Coach and I talked, and he goes, "I have a stipend. Come be the O line coach." So I was like, "Sure." Went there. Love the staff. He's a great guy. No, for sure. He's very high energy, though. We're the same age. We're both. I think he might be 29. I just turned 30, so he's about sure. to be 30 or something. His energy level is way up here. He's running routes. He's doing this. And I was like, whatever you take every day, give to me because I can't do that no more. I can't run and jump and do that. It could because he's still squatting 500 pounds. Maybe. I'm like, maybe I need to do CrossFit. <laughs> and then I watch. I'm like, no. That looks horrible. I've watched him do certain lifts. And I'm like, oh, my knee hurts just watching this. Sure. No, great guy. Oh, yeah. uh, it's funny. He went to North Central. Yep. And then. Chris Prezant, the head coach at Addison, he went to North Central too. Okay. He's older than Koo Coach by like two or three years maybe. Gotcha. Something like that. And then all the Burlington Central coaches are almost from North Central. And I'm like, what is going on? Everybody's yeah. from North Central. Well, I spent three years there. Okay. I yeah. coached, let's see, 14, 15, 16. Okay. So great staff. Great program. They do things the right way, and they're uh, it's a good group. Really uh, enjoyed my time there. Yeah, and then they just won that title, so now yeah. it's the big buzz. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's right down the street. I live in Naperville, so it's yeah twelve minutes away. I think. Sure, I lived uh, out in Aurora for two years, and then lived in downtown Naperville my last year. Yeah, we're, we're right by the Top Golf by eighty eight. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Uh, well, before COVID, then COVID showed up. I was like, I can't do top golf no more. Saves me some money though. But hey, move to Indianapolis. You can just still do top golf here. Oh, I would love I have a buddy. He worked for the South Bend baseball team, the Chicago minor league team in South yeah. Bend. 
And he was like, yeah, I just went to the movie theater because he loves movies. We do a sure. podcast on Marvel because we love Marvel. So I did an episode with that. And he goes, yeah, I just went to a movie theater. And I was like, oh, Illinois, you can't even walk down the street. No. No, I want to move to Indiana after everything. I was like, maybe I should go there. It's cheaper. <laughs> There's some there's uh some pretty good food up there in uh, Chicago land. Yeah, first time I had deep dish pizza was Chicago. Yeah, it was Giordano's. I've got that in Indy now. Uh, Giordano's and Luminati's. There's Portillo's here now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm used to Central Illinois, where it was McDonald's, Subway, and <laughs> and there's a lot of that here too. Oh, we're out here on 59 in Naperville. We got everything. We 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 don't have to. That raisin canes, I have to try out. I've never tried it, and do it. Every time I drive it. by it, it that line is around. It's, There's a reason. And Popeyes. Popeyes is fantastic. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, There's a place right there at uh, Naf Naf. It's Mediterranean. Yep. Good. So we'll get that. And when I go, that's right next door. So when I go, there's this line around Popeye's and Chick-fil-A is next door. So then that line's around. Sure. And I'm like, this is why I don't go there because I couldn't wait. I'm impatient. Line guy. Line guy. I'm impatient. And I'm like, I want my food now. I get it. No, that's funny. I I was like, oh, so you know the area. I'm like, oh, now we can can have that conversation. Yeah, no. Leaving Coach was very hard to do. Sure. it made me sick, actually, because Addison offered me a job. It was more pay. I was supposed to go into the building, but then that didn't work out because they put a freeze on hiring because of COVID. Perfect. But I got the football. That's all that mattered, I guess. <laughs> uh, it took me two or three days to think about it. Like, it was a step up. I got paid more. And I was like, oh, Ku Coach is going to kill me. He can beat me up. He could take me down. He's going to be mad. But then I'm like, Took me three days. I was like, I have to yeah. think about this. Sorry. And I hate about coaching. Like it's like I was in a good spot. We were improving. And then I texted, I got a hold of him. I texted him and talked to him. I was like, Yeah, this is going on. He is so respectful. He goes, No, you do what's best for you. And they're getting a great guy. Like, I'll call him right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. He took it very well. It's good. So he may have to coach O line now, is what I told him. Yeah, yeah. he needs to. That running back stuff. So he he graduated before you got there, then. Yeah, yeah. He was around uh, while I was there, but <clears throat> I've heard Bizant, um, and I knew he was a North Central guy, but I wasn't sure exactly when. Um, uh, I talked to a coach, uh, Yossi, um, Sabo. Yes. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. 
It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. They're, they're all coaching at Burlington Central. Yes. I they're guess, the fist guys. Yeah. They're good guys. Yeah, I've had almost the whole Burlington Central staff on the podcast. Yeah, I, had coach, I had Coach Melvin on, who's the head coach, coach there. Melvin, then I had Coach Yossi later on. And then, like, last week, I just had Sabo on. Yeah. No, it's cool. And my uh, Bingston down at Milliken said, what's up? Yeah, talk to him, too. Yeah, that's what he said. Small world. No, just get smaller. Yeah, it just gets smaller. See, I told you we're going to jump down, jump down some rabbit hole, and you can tell me you can pull me right back out. Nah. I think that's what a podcast are for, is just rabbit holes. Hey, this is my first podcast, so hey. Oh, hey. If I, can, if I can do it, anybody can do it, is what I tell <laughs> people. Sure. I started almost exactly a year ago, actually. Nice. And it was originally supposed to be like an ESPN sports recap, but then COVID happened. Sure. So then there was no sports. No, um, uh, the Korean Baseball League, KBO was going, and yeah. Aussie football. Yeah, but when quarantine happened, cool. quarantine happened, and I was like, you know, I never watched The Office. I was like, let me binge watch The Office. Sure. Then I binge watched Parks and Rec. It just became, let's gain the COVID nineteen weight. That's what it happened, and I had to take up running. And what I mean by running, I mean jogging and then walking. It's like a yog. Yeah, I did a mile every day. Yeah. And then the gym opened back up and I said, nope, back to the elliptical work and I don't break my knees. For sure. I get that. No, uh, this podcast isn't too hard. I get nervous before every one of them because I'm like, I'm going to sound like an idiot. And I just go and I said, screw it. Yes. No, it's pretty fun. Uh, Met a lot of coaches. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, there's a coach, uh, Coach Sheffer. He has his own podcast. He's a high school coach in Virginia. Okay. He's the reason why I got back into it because I did it, stopped because of COVID. I just stopped. He put on Twitter, he goes, Guys, I'm bored. How can I start a podcast? And I sent him a message. I said, Use Anchor. It's free. It's this free thing. But a week later, he goes, Hey, I'm going to start doing program profiles on colleges. Do you want to be a part of it? I said, Sure. So a coach, me in Illinois, him in Virginia, uh, his name, Coach Banstra, he's in Ohio. And Coach Bennett, who's in South Carolina, we all just get on there and talk about college teams. And then he started to get coaches on. I said, I'm going to do that. So now sure. done. So I've just released 99 episodes, I think. Awesome. So it's Very just cool. what I'm shocked about is all you coaches say yes. That's what I'm shocked about. Well, it's a, it's a helping business. And I don't know if I can help anybody, but it's – there's very important people in my life that have gotten me to the point where I'm at and, and you want to pay it forward and you want to help out, you know? And I think it's, that's where a lot of it comes from is, you know, just trying to be a good guy. And I think being a good guy goes a long way in this profession and, um, you know, paying it forward and talking to people. And I think it's important. Yeah. Because me and him talked about, like, we actually help each other out. So the reason why we came up with the questions was he had asked me, like, all right, what are you going to do when you get coaches on? I was like, well, I think I might ask these specific questions. 
he goes, okay, so now that's what he does, which sure. is fine. Like we were fine. And so we helped each other out with that. And then we were like nervous to ask people. Cause I'm like, how do we start? Do we start like getting local coaches and then we just move up? And coach Banter said, just, just send them a message. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're not going to respond. Hey, everybody. As you know, the Coach Steve Show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. Now, what is FUBU TV? FUBU TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020. It's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile, and you can get a seven-day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile. Get a seven-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. There's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher. It can stand up higher. If you want it, you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's a thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad kickoff tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they posted. It's, it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one T, use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com dot com slash css and use the code css and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today or they're going to say no and it's not going to be like a no i don't want to it's going to be no i'm too busy right yeah I, i've been told no my whole life so try dating look oh, like- my girlfriend is still with me. I don't. We're still here. It's fine. And a dog who's over here. <laughs> She's in timeout because she was barking. So I was like, "You yeah, be quiet." Yeah. Ninety-pound chocolate lab. Oh my! Good so dog. When she, when she barks, everyone knows. 
Oh, yeah. And to get her to shut up, I just go, are we in danger? And she just looks at me. <laughs> she barks at everything. I'm like, are we in danger? And she just look, and that's what stops. Um, so how did you end up at North Central? Like, where did you coach before that? Uh, I was So I was at Eastern Michigan. Oh. We got let go. I uh, got a job at Defiance College. And a buddy of mine called me who was actually the O-line coach here and said, Hey, job at North central. Um, I had just taken the defiance job and I was like, no, not interested. Um, and he said, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. And they were coming off of a semifinal run. Um, and talked about the program, what it stood for, talked about coach John Thorne, um, coach Jeff Thorne, um, Kind of went through, told me about it was in, in Naperville. I said, I kind of have to be interested, don't I? I said, yeah. I said, I said, all right. And so he put my name in for it. I went out and interviewed and then got the job. So um, it's a little bit more to the story than that, but um, that's how it went down. And and so, uh, you know, was fortunate because it's probably one of the better moves that I've made professionally. Um, just as a coach, it's it's football. And there is personal development to it, but then, you know, North Central has uh, a plan of a Cardinal manual um, and they have Cardinal manual meetings and I've got two of them, three of them up there. Um, you know, and it's really about the development and of the person, both uh, not just athletically, but socially and their background. And when you get to know someone uh, beyond just their dimensions and their playing ability, you're going to play harder for that other person. And it goes way deeper than that. But, um, you know, and that's why I start off, you know, in fall camp and I have somebody tell their story. And I always start with me and this is my story and here's who I am, where I came from, why I do what I do. And then I have a senior tell their story and a freshman tell their story. Usually wait till day two for the freshman because they're like, hmm. <laughs> um, but then try to tell their story so people can get to know each other and go, oh, okay, I, I went to the same church as him, or I went, uh, played against him in high school and didn't realize it, or I was a senior when they beat us as a freshman. You know, it just it starts to connect everybody. And so, um, but anyway, that's uh, a tangent wormhole, wormhole that you were talking about. But, uh, you know, that, that's what ended up getting me out there. Um, and then Coach Thorne retired, and Jeff took over and has taken the program. Just uh, you know, kept escalating things and, and doing, running it the right way, doing it for the right reasons, uh, getting good players, getting having great coaches. I mean, their staff is outstanding. I, I think we have a great staff here, but you know, you look at Brad Spencer, Tim Janicek, Shane Durking. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Those guys are just 
not only really, really good friends of mine, but just great human beings that um, they're all a little different uh, and that's, that's okay. But uh, great, great people. And so then got the opportunity to come to, to you, Indy, the head guy that was here uh, was Bob Bartlemeo. Um, and Bart was actually the DC at Ball State when I went to Ball State my freshman year. And I knew his daughters back when I was in high school because growing up in Muncie. And so when the job came open here, um, he called and said, hey, you interested? And I said, yep, I am. <clears throat> and it was getting clo- get close back closer to home and not that Chicago's very far, but getting close to home. My family's here. And so it's been a good move. And then Coach Keevers took over, uh, who was our defensive coordinator. And outside of the staff and my friends, he's the first friend I made in the profession. We worked at Bishop Dullahan camp at, I think it was Manchester, uh, in 2006. And uh, we had similar interests and uh, we got to know each other and we became really good friends. And so it's kind of where it's a it's a people profession. And I've been fortunate to be around some great people. So. Yeah. And uh, I've talked to a lot of Division three coaches and sure. it just seems like every Division three coach is very personable and very like outgoing. And I think it's because kids that go to Division three football because I love Division three football. Like I've coached kids, I've always told me Division one or bust. You know, we've always coached kids like that. Sure. And I have to burst their bubbles when they're seniors. So has a Division one recruited you yet? Well, no. And I'm like, well, may not happen. Right. And the misconception I think is Division three football is not good football to kids for some reason. Like to some kids. Right. And I have to tell them like, no, it, it's very good football because kids right. that go. Love they love football more than Division One kid, they do. Well, I mean, maybe maybe. is that the right? I don't know. Maybe that's right. I don't know. The there's kids at every level that absolutely love it, and there's kids at every level that don't love it and do it for other reasons. Whether it's they're trapped in it and they're a big body that you know is athletic and can play, or they're playing it because of dad or mom or whatever, uh, or just to wear the the colors and the, and the logo. It, it, that's every level. I, I really, there is, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to be around some really good programs and, you know, there's kids at North central that absolutely loved it. And there were some that did it for other reasons. And that's, you know, and that was at every stop that I've been along the way. Um, you know, so I wouldn't go straight down that division three. They just love, you know, they're, they love to compete. They love to win. They want to win championships. And that's, that's what majority of the kids that we deal with do and want to get a great education. You know, when you look at UND's uh, academic side of things and where our location is and from a internship job standpoint, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, our kids are, our kids are highly motivated. Yeah. Some of them are on scholarship and they're not paying too much to go to school, but they, they love the game and love to compete and, and want to be the best that they can be while they have the opportunity to play. And some of them get the chance to play beyond and some don't, but it's uh, yeah, I think that's a slippery slope a little bit to say that no one at the scholarship level or division one, they don't love it. Yeah. I don't know. Some, now there's some kids that just solely love it and that's, and they're all they can do is play division three and that's fine. But everybody's story is a little different. Right. I just try to tell these kids, Football is football. So if you can play Division three, how many people can still say that? 
You know, like how many people go on to say like, I think maybe another misconception, you need to educate me. Everybody thinks they can play Division three football, maybe. But I, I try to tell kids, you're still going to go and it's football nonetheless. Like it's still college football. And I think it's because Illinois has a ton of Division three. So I know in Illinois, like, oh, this guy sent me a letter. This guy sent me a letter. And I'm like, you got to open up your mind outside of Illinois and certain sure. Division threes. There's a lot of really good football. For example... North Central just won the championship. Sure. Those guys, that team last year was very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, my buddy's the D coordinator at Rose Holman. Yep. Very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. So it's like you – like it's – they have to open up their minds, I think. And, division, and another coach said this to me, maybe I'm wrong. He goes, maybe because it's not cool to tweet that they have – or they're going to a Division three. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think there is a Twitter game to it that they, you know, it's all about posting offers and somebody got an offer to a seven on seven team and posted it. And I was just, I saw that today and I'm like, what? I don't, I don't get it. But I mean, that's just not my generation, but I don't know. There's, there's great division three and then there's division three that some, everybody could play at, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it just, it just depends on what level you're at. And there's, you know, when I was at Ball State as a player, we, North Dakota State came in at our place and smoked us. And they physically beat us up, you know. And I watched, when I was in high school, I watched Northern Iowa come in and beat beat us, you know. Um, and then I've seen us go to IU um, and as when I was at Ball State and we beat Indiana, Big Ten school. So, I mean, it's just – I don't know. It's – I don't worry about all that. You can't try to figure everything out. It's like, okay, hey, some kids, all they want is to say that they received a scholarship offer or an offer. Um, just go compete. Go play. Uh, if you want to play football, go play football. If you don't, don't. We, we tell kids all the time, like, if you're going to come play here, it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be a challenging experience. And it's no different than what it was at North Central or – um, Eastern Michigan, or, or it, it just—it's going to be hard. You got to—you got to really want it, or you're going to just hate the four, next four to five years, or you'll, you'll quit. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? I think another game that's changed is coaches. I think have to tweet out more when their kid is playing on Saturday, like they've coached. Believe it or not, because a lot of coaches in the suburbs tweet out every Saturday or whenever their kid is playing to try to promote their program at high school, I think. I think that's another game that some coaches haven't gotten on board with is social media, like in high school. Yeah. Because um, you got coaches that tweet, oh, my kid's playing Division One, But coaches around here in the Burbs, they tweet about every kid, which I love. Division One, one double, two, three, JUCO, NAIA, they tweet about it all. Yeah. And I've talked to coaches like, yeah, we have to do that to try to recruit, which is maybe not the right word, Convince some kids in the building to come play this sport. And I think some coaches don't get on that game either. So maybe some of these kids don't see this Division Three free advertising. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I really see, down into this right now. <laughs> I, I see the coaches because I follow a lot of them on Twitter. And the coaches in the suburbs, and they, they do, you know, uh, Coach Ivlo talks, you know, puts it out there that his guys are playing and that's awesome. I mean, why would you not promote you're happy for your guys? Cause they're getting an opportunity to play. Um, 
So I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know, it's a great game. It's the ultimate team game and whatever it takes to get kids interested in it. Because to me, the life lessons that you learn in football and sports in general, I don't care if it's basketball, baseball, tiddlywinks, it does not matter. The life lessons that you can learn through something bigger than yourself from competing and really putting your all into something um, is bigger than whatever Twitter game. And so if you have to do that to get kids involved, fine, whatever. Uh, should it have to be that way? No. But again, all these things don't leave They're They're, you know, I, I, if I text a kid, I know he's gotten the message. I, 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 I know he's seen it unless his, if his phone's cut off, I know he got it. Now he may not respond and that's fine, but I, I understand he got it. Mm-hmm. And they're, oh. they're looking at Twitter. They're looking at Instagram. They're looking at the social medias and, it just is what it is. It's not like us where we charge the phone in the other room and then walk away. Like I wish I could do that. God, I wish I could do that. I do it sometimes. I do it in school or back in the building. I will do that. Like I'll leave it somewhere so I can walk away. Sometimes. Well, signing day is Wednesday and I can detach for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, ready for that. So get this whole thing done and I can reset, which I'm looking forward to. All right. For well, a day. I went back to reading books, so I'm able to put it down and go back to do that. And no doubt, what's the best book you've read lately? Oh God, I've I've read a lot since November. Um, my, what got me back on it was my buddy made me read the Energy Bus. Sure, from John Gordon. Yep. Um, read a John Wooden book. Um, a good one is the eighty twenty principle. Yep, where that's a good one. And then I won the One Forever from Pete Carroll. The one I really liked was um, Ed Odron's book, Flip the Script. I, our uh, receiver guy got that, and he's he's going through it right now. He likes read, it. He likes it. I read it in two days. Yeah, that's a good book. And the reason why, if you read it, you can hear his voice reading it to you. Sure. Uh-huh. I'm my bookshelf. There, yeah, there's some good ones. Um, I'm trying to look. The, have, you read, have you read Can't Hurt Me by Goggins? No. I haven't read that one yet. It's explicit now. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's an edited version, but Can't Hurt Me by Goggins is outstanding. I, I went through and just – I put out on Facebook, hey, give me your recommendations. And then so I bought like seven books, and then my dad gave me one for Christmas. So I started on that, and I'm going to try to read – sounds horrible, but a book a month, which is pathetic. But that's what I'm going to try to do for uh, – I don't know if it's a resolution or just trying to challenge myself. Sometimes reading's hard when you're a redhead. I only coach O line is my excuse. <laughs> um, then I read that extreme ownership, and then I yeah. got the other one. There's another one he wrote. Yep. I can't Taco. see. It. Yeah, I can't see it right now. I can't think of the name. Sure. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, just a lot. And then the fourth and goal every day, it talks about uh, Nick Saban and how he runs the program. Sure. I've gone deep into that. It's a good one. And then I just literally started this one today, uh, Gridiron Genius. Yeah, right. I, I was going to do the book a month, and then all of a sudden it was just like, you know what? I'm going to read in the morning, and then every break we have in between class because we are working from home, read some more. Sure. And then read at night. Turned into getting done with the book, and I was like, okay, on to the next one. On to the sure. next one. I probably read four or five since November. Good for you. I'm a nerd. Huh. Well, then. So where? Well, then one of them was Showboat. It's a, the life of Kobe Bryant. Um, it was only written up to like 2017. So then I then I was like, okay, I got to read another one. So the same author wrote one about Michael Jordan. Read that. And I learned stuff about both guys I never knew. Ever. True. True. Um. And then another good one I always tell people is Swing Your Sword from Michael Leach. That's a great one. Yeah. And um, Above the Line from Urban Meyer. I've heard that's good. I have not read that. It, regardless of what people think about Urban Meyer, that's a good one. Sure. Um, I really like uh, – he says at practice at Ohio State they have this red line. And they, the players hang out behind it, and then when practice starts, they go. If they're not ready to practice, if he sees a guy that's not ready to practice, he doesn't make them run. He goes, go stand behind the red line. You ain't ready. Go sit. And he'll make them sit there. He just took that opportunity away from them. Sure. And that's what this red line was taped there for. Hmm. And that's only a part of it. I, it, it I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of like what it was used sure. for. And he'd walk over and be like, you ready to practice? And he could just tell by the way they act. He goes, you ain't ready. Go sit down. And if they go the whole practice without practicing, he goes, you ain't starting Saturday. This is not going to happen. And that kind of got me into the mind frame of maybe the days of gassers are getting over. Maybe it's more like taking it away from kids and being like, you don't get to play that. Sure. Because when we all played in high school, it was, and I'm still guilty of this. You're going to run till I'm tired. Like, and now we're getting away from that a little bit. It's more like, you know what? You're just not going to start. Right. And I think that's as coaches, we've adapted social media. We've had adapt to, this or that? Like, do we wear pads every day? Do we hit every day? Like, that's kind of gone away because we all had eight concussions. We don't even know it. So that book's kind of good to see some of that. Sure. Like, yeah, you can run them, but you can also embarrass them by making them sit over there. Everybody knows when they're behind that red line, something happened. Right. So, yeah, another rabbit hole. There were some books. And I got some others. There's one I got because Joe Rogan did it. It's, um, oh, I have to think of what it's called. I can't remember. Never mind. Don't listen to me. It's a good title. When I think of it, I'll let you know. It's a great title. It's Was about, it about uh, the Indian tribes in western Texas? No, no, no. Oh, awesome book. I no, forget he, it. 
if people Google Joe Rogan's book recommendations from his podcast, there's this long list of books. And some I am like, oh, I don't know if I want to read that. So oh, yeah. or if I want to touch it. This one was, it was uh, long story. It's good. It's really good. All I'll text this. Yeah, I can't remember the title of it. It's I can see it, but it's blocked by something. Sure. All I know is on the front cover, there's a gorilla. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. No, different book. Yeah, it's not very long. And I think it was only like six bucks. So I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. There you go. And the last book I tell people, because I'm a huge Nick Saban fan. Sure. So I have to say Roll Tide every time I say that. <laughs> There's a book called um, Saban, The Making of a Coach. And it's literally about how he is the way he is. Sure. And so people that question me about it or talk to me about it, I'm like, read this book and you'll find out. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 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 read this and you'll find out why he is the way he is. Right. How he grew up, how this happened, how this happened. You'll find out why he is the way he is. Sure. I'm not saying it's bad, but like people question him and I'm like, just did it. Read this. Kind of like I know drawn. There's stuff out there I didn't know. Like you'll find out why he is the way he is. Right. Uh like I didn't know. Did you know he had a drinking problem? I didn't know that. Who? Ed Odron had a drinking problem. Oh, yeah, I knew that. And that's why he left Miami. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, it talks about he just left. He went home and didn't come back. Hmm. They just won those championships. Yeah. And he left and didn't go back. Wow. Like, stuff like that I didn't know. And then the Joe Burrow recruiting story is hilarious in that book, too, with the going to the restaurant they didn't have any crawfish and he yeah. called the guy to bring it to him yeah only he could do that <laughs> oh that was a lot of rabbit holes was um so you were the i wouldn't be doing my job if i didn't do this part so you've been the run game coordinator what kind of offensive philosophy have you guys had over the years there because a lot of high school coaches listen to this so they probably want to know like what kind of offense you guys ran? What's your philosophies there? What have you built your offense on and all that good stuff? Sure. So <clears throat> we're going to be multiple in personnel, multiple in formation. We're going to try to make it look as complex as possible, but be very simple. We're going to run inside zone. That's what we're going to do. We're going to run counter. We're going to run outside zone and we're going to run power. Those are, those are our four staples, which is pretty standard. Um, but we're going to window dress it. Um, the, what's set us apart the last few years is just our kids. One, we have good players, um, that goes a long way. Um, but they play hard for each other. Um, that's been the biggest difference, um, in 2016, but the year before I got here, I think they were six and five. Um, and then we came here in 17 and, we ended up 11-0 going into the playoffs and lost uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but, uh, you know, change things around. We, I mean, we just established the run, run the football. It's what we're going to do. Keep it simple. Make it look more complex than what it really is. Um, and get the ball to our playmakers. Um, we're going to play with – uh, we'll be in 10, 11, and 12 personnel, bouncing back and forth. But we're going to predominantly play with the tight end in the game. Um we're getting into the RPO world a little bit, uh, but, you know, it's it's a dabble more than a dive, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, but then we're going to be – we're going to try to be smart. Don't turn the ball over. Be efficient on third down. 
um, you know, not we've been fortunate enough in, you know, two of the last three years, we've been in the top two of least sacks allowed. So we're not giving up the negative plays. We're, you know, staying on schedule um, just because we feel like that fits us the best and, uh, you know, and, and go on that route. So that's what we're doing. Try to get the ball in the players' hands and let them make plays. Um, as coaches, we make this thing a little bit more complex than what it really needs to be. Get the ball in our players' hands. Let them play fast. Have fun. Um, we've gone tempo. We've gone no tempo. Um, we've gone back and forth with that a little bit. So um, I, I think what you do offensively, just do what you believe in, what fits in the offensive scheme, fits in the team scheme. Um with our, you know, what our head guy believes in, and we go from there. So uh, if you were to look at us, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be efficient running the football. Um, our two backs are our best – two of our best players on the team, so it's, that helps that side of things. we got an experience of line coming back, so they should know the communication standpoint from that perspective. But that's what we're going to be, uh, very multiple, uh, but we're going to run the football. That's why I like um, Mike Leach's spread, because people think he's up-tempo, but he's not his plays are just so simple and his signals are so simple that they can go fast if he sure. signals them fast enough. Right. And I think that's the best way to go back. Cause some people say, if you practice tempo all the time and then you try to go slow, it screws it up. And so I always tell people, I try to tell people, especially at Easter Roar and Glenbard East, if you're simple enough and your signals or whatever is very simple, you could go fast just mm -hmm. by signaling quicker. Sure. You're not given this premise of like NASCAR because that's what a lot of people call their tempo is NASCAR. Right. And so that's why, like, if I ever come to OC again, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be very simple. Like, if you ever watch Mike Leach, I'm not saying this is what he does. He might be like, hey, 92, and he's done. That's it. Right. And for people that don't know, 92 is mesh. Sorry. People don't. I don't remember all the numbers, but I try. Because I love air packing concepts. They're, I think they're so easy to practice and remember. Sure. Um, our uh, our uh, quarterback guy is a air raid guy, so he's trying to push that on me. I'm digging my heels in the ground a little bit, but no, it's good. It's good stuff. It's it's fascinating. He told me he was going to teach me the air raid run game, which I'm still waiting for that uh, explanation. <laughs> he told me. I'm, I'm still waiting for it. I always say you can't – I don't know if you can put those two words together. No doubt. But uh, I just talked to a high school coach, uh, Coach Patrick Taylor. He's a high school coach in North Carolina. Okay. He runs the air raid. He has hung around Hal Mummy. Uh, when Mike Leach was at Washington State, he and uh, another coach, uh, Coach Drew Piscopo, is a high school coach. Sure. They went to Washington State and got to watch spring ball for three days with Mike Leach. Wow. But then I said something to him about it. I was like, so are you pure air raid? He goes, the passing is pure air raid. He goes, but a year or two ago, they had 2,000 yards rushing. He's like, I'm not an idiot. If they give me five in the box, guess what I'm doing? GT counter. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, so he was like, yeah, our, our passing game is pure air raid, but it kind of opens up the run. Have that. It kind of opens it up. Sure. So they're prepared. He goes, yeah, I practice four run schemes. You know, right. and then I asked, that episode hasn't come out yet, but I'll give you a snippet. I said, so what'd you learn when you went to Mike Leach's practices, you know, because they set on meetings too. They, he watched, they watched film with him and this and that. He goes, you know, he's a college coach. And I'm a high school coach. 
my stuff is more complicated. Sure. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, my drills are more complicated. My practice planning is more complicated. And our plays, even though they're pure air raid, the way they go about it, he goes, I walked away going, I am too not simple. And that's what they took away from Mike Leach's practice. Lots to be said for that. And the people saying that his teams are soft, they're like, oh, no. Watching Mike Leach coach those guys to block people, it's old school football that people just don't realize. And I was like, oh. Because that's what you see on Twitter is air raid or spread teams in general are soft. Yeah. And I can't stand it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, maybe you should look at the air raid stuff. It's not, you may, you I'm waiting for the clinic. I, I, he's right there. <laughs> the air raid run game clinic. Well, run game. Inside zone and duo. I'm just I'm just waiting on it. You there? Are we back? Uh, I think so. Internet's great. No, love it. Technology. All the streaming we've done all these months is catching up. No doubt. No, yeah. Inside zone and duo and dart. That's all you need for Mike Leach, I think. There you go. Or ISO. So you said you don't give up a lot of sacks. Is there anything special with your pass protection that you guys do to help that? Or is it just the old line just doesn't let it happen. No, I no. Uh, try to change the launch point. Um, don't try to sit back and drop back and be at the same launch point all the time. I think, you know, running it in past situations has helped in the past, um, but also changing the launch point. We're not afraid to sprint naked, um, you know, do things. When, when you run it, um, you're not in passing situations a lot, which has helped. Um, but just trying to change the launch point as much as possible, not just – even if it's a subtle roll or full sprint out, um, just do things that the defensive line doesn't know or the D coordinator doesn't know exactly where you're going to be. I think that's been beneficial for us. Um, you know, um, I don't know. It's nothing magical. It's just – and the kids buy into what we're doing and, um, you know, and having a good quarterback that gets rid of it on time, it's, you know, it, it's the receivers running the right routes at the right depths and doing doing their job. I mean, it's everybody in this thing together. So, uh, no, it's nothing magical. But I do think the key is changing the launch point, not just sitting back in the same, you know, seven yards deep behind the center. They can kind of pick up on that. Now, there's times where you got to drop back and throw it, and you got to be able to protect. You know, in those situations, we need to continue to improve. Um, but run the ball. Change the launch point. That's that's my key. Not always just sliding. It's rollouts and this. And once you start doing that, it keeps them on their toes for sure. And and I get it. You don't want to sprint out too much. And and I 100 percent understand. You're cutting the field in half, and you can't attack one side. So everyone, you know, I I, I understand the downfalls to it. Um, but just changing that launch point subtly, I think, is is beneficial. And then. You said inside zone earlier, I think. Yep. Stupid. No. Are you, guys, 
you guys, well, I am stupid, but uh, I'm trying to remember. Are you guys traditional inside zone, you know, step to the right or left up the field and you're just moving on up? Or are you looking for more double teams? Like we do more double teams. Yeah, we're trying to get double teams. I mean, there's certain situations where you can't. Um, but we're, we're trying to create double teams. Our zone's a little bit wider than most. What you see now, and, and it's an argument in the O-line world and that cult of is it duo, is it inside zone? To me, so we're trying to – our landmark for the back is the play side foot of the play side guard. So we are more across where, you know, when Kaepernick was at Nevada, it was midline, open up, give up the midline and go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at teams we play and some hard do double team on the backside shade and work to the play side back or the middle back. Or it, it's all landmark based. Um, so for me, we're, we're going to have a little bit wider landmark. Um, are we going to run through the B gap consistently? No. Uh, we we got to get the ball to the line of scrimmage, and then the back has to be the back at that point. Um, so I don't know what traditional anything is really anymore. Um, but our landmark is a little bit wider than most. Some would say, oh, well, that's mid zone. Okay, we'll call it what you want. This is what we're doing, and this is how we teach it. We go from there. So, um, you know, predominantly out of the gun, but we will be in pistol. Um, we do have the ability to run same side zone, um, same side counter. So, um, try to at least change the the look for the defense so it's not just, hey, you're constantly running across the quarterback's face. Yeah, I probably should have said original inside zone. <clears throat> yeah, and I still don't know what the heck that is either. So um when I, I've coached on a little bit and I got to Glombard East. Um we kind of talked about it and said, well, we feel like if we have the athletic linemen, because as linemen, what do we not we don't want to go one on if we don't have to. Sure. So we didn't have – we had good linemen, don't get me wrong. I mean, we did go 10-1, and one, so we had decent, right. decent linemen. Until we saw East St. Louis, that was our one loss. We weren't they've, – They've got something going down there now. Second round of the playoffs, we were 10-0, and, and they came up to town. And I'm six foot five. Me and their corner looked eye-to-eye to each other. And I was like, okay. Oh. Yep. Yeah. And they brought their band. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Oh, yeah. They're going to go play IG, IMG Academy next year. Are they really? Yeah. Good. Oh, he don't mess around down there. No, I know that. I know Sunkit was on uh, trying to troll uh, Dismet in St. Louis, trying to get them over. I said, hey, I like it. I want to yeah. see that. He, he'll he say what he wants. No doubt. Which is fine. Yeah. Whatever. You do. Um, but we just realized our linemen, we didn't want them to take a step to the right or the left and be on a backer one-on-one. Sure. So we just said, hey, what if we just double team? It looks like duo, but we're not going to block the end still. So there's our zone read still. Sure. Because we just said we will get cutbacks. The way they line up, there's eventually going to be cutbacks, just like zone. Right. And we'd rather get four yards on a run play if we could than zero. Sure. Or in the backfield. And it worked because we could double to the backer. And this is the way we described it. It's probably the wrong way. We're running a gap scheme block up front, kind of. Depending on how they line up, they could line up, and it becomes zone. Sure. But then once you get this area. So that's how we described it to the kids, so that way we could still call it zone. We're like, hey, 
And then we were stealing reps on power because it was like no doubt we on these gap reps. Well, then I took it to East Aurora and we kind of started to do the same thing and it worked just because I wanted to be safe. And then, and then um, doing this podcast meeting coaches, I remember drawing that up. They go, oh, that's duo. And I was like, yeah, but we call it zone. No, that's duo. Like there was no getting around it. Now, some coaches pushed my buttons. So I did the worst thing in the world. I drew it up on Huddle one day, screenshot it to put on Twitter. And all I said was, guys, I'm just curious. Do some of you run this as zone or do you run this as duo? This is my inside zone. I will forever do this unless I have athletic linemen one day. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, the zone gurus came out of everywhere and said I was wrong. One said I didn't have the running back's path drawn right, so it was duo. And I said, I drew this in 10 seconds on huddle. Like you said, I think it might have been pointing more towards the guards. So that's probably why they said that. Because, like, no, it has to be the zero for zone. has to. It has to be. Oh, of course. And so finally I just said, but we're not blocking the end, so it's a zone read. No, 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 no. It's duo. So it's – I'm wrong. You can't be right. And then I told people then – then they said, well, what if you want to block the end? I said, well, then I call ISO because I got from Illinois College. They block it all that way. The end, you know, you just pick up the end, and you have an insert with the H-back or the wing or another running back. That's ISO. I took it exactly from Illinois College. And then they said, why would you do that? I said, so that way I don't have to say inside zone lock and try to do all this other stuff. I could just say we have power, we have inside zone, which is that, and then we have ISO. True. Hey, Lyman, guess what? ISO is exactly the same, except it's telling my right tackle or left tackle to hit the end. Well, that's that's the beauty. It works for you. And if it works for you, then it's great for you. Who cares? And then I said, that way, if you want RPO, because some people, and I hopefully I don't insult anybody, if if your RPO is the end, that's great. But to me, that's a zone read. RPO, and you need to do the linebacker or the fitter behind him. And I got that from Brent Deerman because he's like, do you want that end screaming off the edge when you're doing an RPO to blast your quarterback? No, I don't. So he's like, you got to make sure that guy's protected. So if you run inside zone with an H-back, you know, he goes opposite. He's picking it up, so you're good to go. You're just going to read that backer. Once you start getting in the world of, well, I've got to read this end, now I've got to read this backer, you're just making him worry about too much. Because that end screaming off, he ain't worried about reading them no more. He's just worried about getting hit. Sure. No, well, I don't know. RPOs have evolved, but – I think you can run RPOs where you're reading the end or reading the backer, reading the safety. Just depends on what you're teaching and how you teach it, in my opinion. Right, because we mainly did backers, like run snag. So that's kind of what we did. True. Especially when you're running bubble all the time, and then all of a sudden he runs a little sit route. Like that's what we were looking at. Yeah. And so we just, again, this is not insulting, but this is when I'm, this is me personally. When we didn't block the end, that was a zone read. And then if we blocked him, we're RPOing probably just the backer. Just because we want the quarterback to get hit. Fair enough. And that's how we described it. Now I could go to another. Now Addison, I could show up here and they'd be like, no, that's our RPO for this play. I'd be like, okay, let's go with it. All right. Rock and roll. Because I'm simple. I only coach all line. That's what I know. 
but yeah, that that was just curious about inside zone. Yeah. There's other people out there that say they double team, and I think it works great. Now, when you get to an odd man front or whatever, it's a little more difficult. But then I just do inside. I do zone dive, and I triple team the center. And that's just again, you're making it easy. You're not adding anything. You're just like, oh, if we call zone, you're just stepping and going up. If you call dive, you're just triple teaming. And it works, it works for you. It works. Yeah. And I've told some people that. And if I can help one person, it's great. I told somebody that and they go, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, triple team. But you may only get like three or four yards. I said, that's all you need. Love it. You don't need a cutback for 20 yards. Take it. Right. And then I said, if you keep triple teaming, what are they going to do? Those backers are going to blitz and you throw right behind them. Right. Like you said, you, you did that to open something else up. Or like you said, if they're going to blitz up the middle because of that, then you roll out. So, sure. sorry, that's my rant. That's okay. my, my simplicity rant. I'm not going to teach you nothing. You know more than I do, but that's my simplicity. Not rant. at all. Um, I've taken all your time. Another question I had. Um, what advice do you have for people that maybe want to do college coaching? And segment of that when I talked to my buddy Nick Davis, the DC at Rose Holman. Sure. Um, everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different story. I mean, he had to grind is not the right word, but he had to go through some things to to get where he's at. Sure. You know, like it's not a lot of pay when you get into certain college coaching. No. And so I said, do you think hearing stories like this might deter people from getting into college coaching? Like Maybe they don't want to do some of this for free. Maybe when they hear, the, oh, you're like Mike Leach. He got $3,000 when he first started. And his wife thought it was for a month. He goes, no, $3,000. Sure. So, I mean, what advice do you have? And do you think maybe when you hear some of these college coaching stories, does that scare people away from it? Like, maybe I'll just do high school. Maybe I don't want to do the college because I don't want to go through that. Um, I mean, I guess your first question, what advice for people, if you want to get into college coaching. So my, my path was I graduated at semester and thought that would help me get a graduate assistant job. Um, so I end up not getting one and going to the Indiana State Fraternal Order of Police at 1416 East Washington Street, Indianapolis, Indiana. I still remember the spiel. And I'm telemarketing, begging little old ladies for $10. I'm like, okay, this is not fun. I had an interview at Rose Holman, went, interview probably went horrible because I didn't get the job. Um, and then I just went to Coach Hoke and I was like, hey, can I volunteer for the spring? Can I just, just I want to do this. So like, yeah. So anyway, volunteered for a little bit. Uh, didn't do much. Held bags. Cool. I just didn't care. Um, and then one of the GAs couldn't get into grad school. And so, boom, I became a defensive GA. And then my buddy who was the offensive GA got a job at um, then St. Joe, uh, which is closed now, in Rensselaer. And boom. I bumped over to the offensive GA and a student assistant, Ryan Aiello, uh, went to coach and said, I can graduate. And he became the defensive GA. Um, so 
if you really want to do it, you're going to do whatever's necessary. And that may not seem like the, the hardest story. And I hate the term grind, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, it just, it is what it is. I wanted to do it. I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to coach since I was, since I was in high school, I knew I wanted to coach. Right. Um, I knew that was the route that I really wanted to go the path. I, Cause I like very few things in life and sports is the main one. So if you really want to do it, then, why not? Uh, you know, go try to volunteer somewhere, go be involved. Cause if you're, if you're around and you do a great job, they're going to find more tasks for you. And if they find more tasks and you do a great job, then they're going to find a way to give you some money. And it may not be what you want, but if it's the job that you want, then just keep going. Um, you know, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest advice. Sometimes it's just the last man standing and you're there to work. And if, if they can't get rid of you, then, Okay, well, let's just hire the guy. And that sounds bad. I, I, I'm i not – my last name's not Saban, okay? My last name's not Ogeron. Do I care? No. It's just I have to go and do my best, be the best coach I can be, be self-aware, constantly try to evolve and try to improve myself uh, so I can be the best coach I can be because it's about the kids. Mm-hmm. Because I want them to be successful, you know, we've been very fortunate here. We've won 30 games in the last three years and it's because of the kids. It's not because of me. It's not because of coach Keevers or coach Bart. It's because the kids play hard for each other. And so understanding that number one, it's all about the kids. And two, what are you really willing to sacrifice to get what you want to that's really what you want to get into. Does the pay scare some people off? Sure. If I was, 22 and had a kid or a kid on the way and a wife, uh, I may not have been able to drive out to California, live with a family, a wife and a husband who was the old line coach and his three kids in their guest room for seven months. And when I didn't get a dime, but that's what I did. I GA to ball state. Then went out to San Diego state and I was there and I, it wasn't, I got, I left on mother's day. My mom loved that. And then I didn't get paid until September. But, I, you know, that coach, Daryl Funk, I owe a million thank yous to him and his family because they took me in to, to live with them. And I, I, didn't, I didn't make a dime for that amount of time. But the people took care of me, um, and I'm forever indebted. Be around good people. Be a good person. Treat people right. It's not always the nicey nice response, uh, but treat people right. If if they do a great job, say great job. If they need to work on some things, hey, let's work on some things. Let's get this better. You know, uh, it's a very rewarding profession uh, because of the influence you can have on young people and the friends that you make um, in this profession. The guys I work with are the guys I spend the most time with um, because you you know you work too darn hard and too long. Uh, to not get along with each other. And that's one of the most appealing things about this job is the people were around, not just football, but shoot, John Higgins, you probably didn't hear him. He was a soccer coach, was walking down the street, make, or walking down the hallway making fun of me as this podcast was going on. I hope it picked it up because he'll be embarrassed. But <laughs> it's just the people that are in this athletic department are fun. And I've been fortunate a lot of the places I've been, it's been like that. It's been around good people do it the right way. It's very rewarding, but you have to make some sacrifices and that's what you got to do. You know, 
and it's got to be fun doing football 24-7. I wish it was just football 24-7. Uh, yeah, and the majority of the time it's football, but, you know, there's other things that go on as far as academic pieces and recruiting, and uh, there's different – the nice part about college football is there's – recruiting has changed where it's kind of all the time and you kind of have to be a couple classes ahead. But it's – when you're when season's going on, season's over. Okay, now we're on the road, and then at least at the Division Two level. And then once that's over, okay, now we're getting back into winter conditioning, which we don't have anymore because we plan a season. And then now we're going into spring ball, which is that now this year a season. So there's an evolution to it where when things can kind of get stale, they change on you, and you're opening a new chapter, and then you're developing a new team and trying to create a mindset and mentality within that group. Uh, for that next year. So um, it is nice doing football the majority of the time, um, but uh, it's not – I wish it was just all that, but it's not at this at this level. You still have to have some other things. And I just realized earlier I said Division three when I should have said Division two. I knew you were Division two, but I'm a dumb, dumb line. Dumb. Hey, you know, some of the – I don't know, I probably shouldn't say this, but some of the best coaches I've been around uh, – it doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, you can have a positive influence on kids. Um, I developed as a coach at North Central as much as anywhere else in my career. Um, it, I don't take offense to that. I don't care. Uh, we are a Division II school, but um, and it's a great place, a great place to be. Um, we're very fortunate with what we have, but the uh, I, I definitely don't take offense to that. I had really no experience until I was at Defiance and then went to North Central. Um, of what division division three football was uh, got recruited by division threes a lot of them in Indiana and I thought and I had a very similar response to what some kids have it's like oh I'm not doing that um, I did have one coach tell me I could come in and start as a freshman I'm like how bad are you if I'm <laughs> a six foot one 225 pound left tackle I'm gonna spar for you as a freshman that's scary no, I think I think I said Division Three because we were talking about North Central. Sure, because I knew coming in, I had to look it up to make sure. Because in Illinois, there's only two McKenzie and McKendry and Quincy that play football. Yeah. Well, then, um, at one point, University of Saint Francis was Division Two. Yeah, they're NAI now. Yeah, they used to be. So yeah, it was three, and then now, yeah. Um. So I need to apologize to you and the school because I was like, I think I said Division Three earlier, but I meant Division Two. I know I look dumb, but I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> Research schools before I talk to coaches to make sure I got my I's dotted and T's crossed. Oh, I, I get it. So I apologize, University of Indianapolis. Don't come after me for saying uh, Division Three. Nah. Well, I'll take the blame on that. And Coach Wilson's not going to recruit any school that Coach Steve coaches at in Illinois. <laughs> Addison Trail out. Oh, don't tell Bazant that. No. Just recruit East Aurora for a who coach instead. No doubt. Especially if they do his lifting and look like him. Yeah. Hey. Doing all right. I don't look like him. Oh, I don't either. During this quarantine, you should see the lifting videos he put up. I'm like, oh, you're doing that. Okay. Oh, I, I see him. Okay, good for you, buds. The last thing about him, there was a football job that opened up, and some people told him to leave and go apply for it. He's too loyal. He's like, no, I got to change this. And I'm like, that's respect right there. He's a good man. Because East Aurora, you know, has been in the dumps. And he's like, I got to change it. And I'm like, 
that's why it was hard to leave. Sure. Like he'll be on my list to hire if I'm ever head coach. Like I'm bringing him. Sure. He's going to be the hype guy, running backs coach, and strength condition coach all at, at once. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I apologize again for saying division three. I meant division two. I can't count. So. Sorry. Right. You know what's going to bother me? I try to be nice to people and be good. I'm like, this is going to bother me. <laughs> no. Who cares? Football's football. Don't care. How many division twos are in Indiana? That play football? Yeah. Just you guys? Just us. It was St. Joe. Uh, then they closed down in between 16 and 17. And so it's us. Then there's – I'll get this wrong. So we have a St. Francis in Fort Wayne and then Marion in Indianapolis. So we have two NAIs and then we have a bunch of Division threes. And then you have to go – do you go to Quincy in Illinois this year to play them? Oh, uh, Yeah, we open up at Quincy. We're at Ooh. Quincy and at Lindenwood and then home against McKendry, I think. I don't have the schedule up anywhere. But, yes, I believe that. I feel sorry for you guys to drive all the way out there. Why? Quincy's God's country. Well, I, when I was at Charleston, um, one of the teams left the conference, so we had to fill it in. And the school had the bright idea to get Quincy Notre Dame High School on the schedule. Yeah. Four-hour drive. That's a haul. Oh, it's a haul. We, we play William Jewell, who's in Kansas City. Okay. But, That's a haul. Well, they decided to get a charter buses for us. Sure. But the sophomore – I got it, my friend the sophomore football job. And he goes, I ain't right on no bus. I'm driving my truck. And I looked at – I was the OC. I looked at the head coach. I was like, I'm going with him. And I just hopped in the truck. Got there in three and a half hours, and we had to wait because the bus took four hours and some. Better be early than late. Lombardi time. But I, I was like, Quincy, that's a long drive to the Quad Cities. It's not Kansas City. That's, no. That's, that's just – I, that's just the farthest I ever gone was four hours. Oh, yeah! Don't hurt yourself either. I call you Division Three, and then you hurt yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad because I was thinking of North Central. I'm going to play this back later on, but because because we were talking about North Central, it's okay. Disrespectful, Steve. Nobody will come back on the. Nobody will come back on the podcast from Indiana after this. No, they will. And a side note, um, my Bears, me and my two friends who do our show on Sundays, we're Bears fans, unfortunately. We felt dirty about being in the playoffs. And we just don't like what's going on in the organization. So on Sunday, we put a poll up and we said, guys, you vote. We have to be a fan of new teams for next year. <laughs> so we put the Colts, Packers, Lions, and Bengals. Up until today, Bengals were winning. This morning, yeah. Yeah. This morning, Colts won, so now we have to be Colts fans. Come on in. Next year. Come on in. Especially get Matthew Stafford. See, I was a Packers fan. Okay. Until they got rid of Favre, and I was like – because I was born in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I said, nope, I'm done. But then I was – I like Rodgers. Rodgers is pretty good. He's pretty good. I do. I, I, I like him, even though he beats the Bears all the time. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people. So my whole family's from northwest Indiana, so – We've got a lot of Bears fans uh, in the family, and so I like to poke fun uh, at them. And they're all Southsider fans, and I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah, I'm still living, still living in the past here, um, but that's okay. 
it's more recent past than the last Sox championship. So, hey, I wear that. I'm a Cubs fan. I wear that hoodie all the time. I got the hoodie, the hat. Yeah, that thing was like seventy bucks. I don't like I said, thin wallet. Well, the night they won in Charleston, <laughs> if you ever been through Charleston, there's a Hibbit Sports, and and there's a T-shirt place that makes T-shirts and hoodies down the street. Sure. When they won, the guy I know worked in there, and he texted me an hour later. He goes, Steve. We're shipping the hoodies and T-shirts to the Hibbit Sports right now. They're going to open right now. And it's like, you know, what was it, 11 o'clock at night or whatever? Sure. I'm like, I'll be there. Drove right to Hibbit's. They had it sitting out. And I grabbed that hoodie because it was on sale. Yeah. Like 45 bucks. And I was oh, like, still? Grabbed it. Next day, I go back to get a T-shirt. Gone. Because I wanted to fight the people. Just grabbed it. Because I'm in Cardinal country in Charleston. I love the Cardinals. And I'm like, I got to grab this. Yeah. Oh, no, I still ride high on that. It's it's more recent than the White Sox and the Cardinals, so that's what I that's what I tell myself. And the White Sox, <laughs> no doubt, except for the Bears. The Bears disappoint me. Well, you're not alone in that. You know, uh, my friend said it best. We hired Matt Nagy because we thought we were going to get Andy Reid, so we tried to hire the chef, but we didn't get the chef. And we're sitting here. And then I'm like, what's the chances Rodgers goes to the Bears? And I said, we're like 0.2%. It's coming in, dude. I would love that because I'm a Colts fan now. So you I would are love a Colts fan now. Or Matthew Stafford. Hey. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Hey, he put up a bunch of numbers. Um, or Deshaun Watson. Bring him in. Oh. I'm all for any of the three. I just worry what you have to give up to get those guys. Matthew Stafford, they claim only a first-round pick. Done. Take it. Rodgers, I think it just depends on if the Packers want him. I think that's what it depends on. Bears may have to give up 10 first-rounders. We'll give up all of it. We'll give it all away. We'll even give a Matt Nagy. Rodgers can call the plays. We'll give Matt Nagy up and Rodgers can call it on the line. (laughs) <laughs> we'll give him up and the and the GM take him with you too we, we don't need that negativity no more isn't he an Eastern alum yeah and he screwed it up at least yeah. Tony Romo and Sean Payton at least Sean Payton is uh, guiding it good yeah and Tony Romo's the best CBS talker so at least he's doing it too and then I helped out good. then I helped spring ball out at Eastern when Jimmy G was there and Babers were there yeah that was that was a good time Sure. Especially when Babers, when it was 50 degrees and Babers is in a parka because he's from Texas and Hawaii. That's funny. And his gloves <laughs> are too big because they have to snap the ball every 12 seconds and he had a stopwatch. His really? gloves were too big to stop the watch. From? It was spring ball. We're in shorts and a hoodie or whatever. It's 45 degrees, 50 degrees. We're fine. He's in a parka, sweatpants, boots. And we're oh. like, what's going on? And then when they were snapping the ball every 15 seconds, it happened like four times in a row. I won't repeat what he said. He was mad. Sure, he wasn't real happy. But I've never – to see a team snap the ball 10 or 12 seconds, I just couldn't keep up. Like, are you actually calling plays? I just couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. But that was a good time. He had 5,000 yards that year or something. Yeah, no, he he's done well. And you couldn't walk up to Jimmy G at the bar. The offensive line surrounded him. No, no, don't talk to him. 
unless you worked with the coaching staff. So once in a while, I got to go say hi to him. But he was going to go on to the NFL. So I was like, nope, be gone. Like, don't talk to me. Sorry, that's my other Eastern Illinois story. No, there you go. Or when Tony Romo showed up for homecoming and then left at halftime. That's the only thing about Tony Romo. I love Tony Romo. He showed up for the homecoming, left at halftime. Sean Payton shows up, will go to places and let you try on the Super Bowl ring. So there was a little difference. Sure. Well, he has a Super Bowl ring. Right, and Tony Romo doesn't. And Jimmy John started in Charleston, so there's a history lesson. Delicious. First Jimmy John's ever was in Charleston. Really? And the owner lives in Champaign, so if that tells you anything. All right, sorry, that's a horrible way to end the podcast, but I took a lot of your time. We can end it right there for people. (laughs) Coach, I really appreciate you coming on. Sorry about screwing up my numbers. I can't count past one. No, you're good. I appreciate it, Coach, Coach Steve. I appreciate the opportunity to come join you. Yep, thank you so much. People out there listening, wear the mask so Illinois can have sports. That's my message and my TED Talk. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.